Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see you. I hope that you had a a great Thanksgiving holiday. I know we've got a lot of folks that are still traveling, visiting family, and so we're praying for them as they're away. I want to remind you, in two weeks is a really special Sunday. It's Friend Day, and uh, I hope that you are already started inviting friends. We've got cards out there that we want you to take and uh, use these to uh, get folks here to the church on that special day. We'll still have two services, 9.30 uh, and 11. And uh, we'll have extra chairs. Obviously, in here you're thinking if we bring friends, there's no place to sit. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move chairs around and, and add some extra chairs. And if you come to this service and you're bringing 60, you might wanna come to the second service. If you want, we'll have three services that day. We'll do whatever we need to do to, to accommodate all the uh, friends. Uh, the kids are having a special day as well. And uh, I want to remind you, there are some special gifts that we're giving out on that day. And uh, these are for the top three prizes. This is not just for the grand prize. Whoever brings the most gets to choose uh, first. And then whoever brings the second most gets to choose. And then if whoever brings the third most, you get whatever's left over. That's the way it's going to work. But you can choose. We've got a PlayStation 5 that you can choose from. This is a great way to get all your Christmas shopping done. Uh, then, uh, or, or there's a Mancy's Steakhouse gift card. You can uh, choose that. Or there are the third prize there. I think it's three tickets to uh, Cedar Point and a family class to the zoo. And you can gift those to someone else if you don't want those for yourself, if you want to use them as gifts. Uh, but we've got a, a big day planned. Guest speaker on that day, David Gibbs. Uh, will be here. He'll be uh, speaking in both of their services. And uh, so it's going to be a great day. Uh, Really exciting morning we planned. We've got uh, all kinds of exciting things planned for the church that day. So I hope that you'll be inviting people. How many of you have already thought about who you're going to invite on friend day? Good. The rest of you need to get to work. All right. Just lie to me. How many of you are inviting someone to friend day? All right. Okay. Thank you. Good. All right, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter number 12 here today. We're continuing our study through the book of Revelation. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And I know it is Christmas season. I want to thank all of the people that came in last week, I believe it was, and they uh, decorated the church for Christmas. Thank you for all of your help with that. And uh, you did a great job. We appreciate uh, you taking your time to do that. And I know it is Christmas season. And um, after Thanksgiving is over, we're full steam ahead into Christmas. I just don't know where to stop on this series on Revelation. I'm about halfway done. And uh, I, I told you last week, I promise you on Friend Day, we're not going to be in the book of Revelation. We're going to be, it'll be a gospel uh, message that we want you to have your friends here to hear. Um, but uh, I'm going to just stay in this book, I think, this week and next week. And uh, then we'll have Friend Day, and then we'll be in Christmas uh, for two weeks, and we'll get right back into the book of Revelation. And uh, we'll probably be in this through February or so uh, if, uh, if the Lord tarries is coming. So uh, we'll be in here for a little while longer, and I hope that you're enjoying it. I hope that it's been a help to you. And I hope that it's given you a good understanding of what we're seeing even in our world today. You know, on the front page of every newspaper, on every newscast, the uh, main event, the main story is Israel. How many of you have noticed that over the last uh, a long time here? Israel. Israel is the focus of, of the world right now. Israel is significant, though, in every single Bible prophecy you'll find Israel is the most significant piece in Bible prophecy. Everything revolves there around Israel. Israel is God's program of what he's doing in the world. And so keep your eyes on what's happening in Israel and uh, keep your eyes on what God is doing there. And uh, I want to encourage you to do that. But as we come into Revelation chapter number 12, we're going to uh, be speaking here on Israel. 
we, uh, we find here in Revelation 12 deals with the nation of Israel. Let's begin reading. It's, uh, it's a, a, a chapter that we find right in the middle of the Great Tribulation. Remember, we have seen the church is raptured. We find where the, uh, uh, John is now giving us uh, insight of what's happening. We've seen the, uh, the seals open. We've seen the trumpets or heard the trumpet sound. And, and we, uh, we find where we're right there in the middle of the tribulation. Remember, we talked about the uh, uh, abomination of desolation when, when the Antichrist comes in and sits upon the throne, uh, uh, temple there in Israel and proclaims himself to be God. All of these things are going to happen. And we come now to chapter number 12, and John writes this, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, in pained to be delivered. Now, who is, who is this woman? This woman that John is speaking of, this woman, this wonder woman. There's a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. Who is this that he is speaking of? Some may say, well, he's speaking of the, the, the Virgin Mary that uh, is going to give birth to, the, to Jesus. That's, that's not who he is speaking of. That's not at all who he's speaking of. Some, some may even say this, he's speaking of the church, and it's not the church that John is speaking of here. Who John is speaking of, this woman is Israel. As John is writing, he sees this woman, he, he, he describes her, and he's speaking of this woman, Israel. She's the nation of Israel. The Bible again says this, she's clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of of 12 stars. I want to I want to bring your attention to a, a passage of scripture. Go back to Genesis if you would please. We're going to be moving throughout scripture here this morning and so I want you to keep your place in Revelation. Obviously we'll keep coming back to Revelation 12, but I want to uh, show you a lot of scripture uh, here this morning that's going to help us understand what is happening and what John is saying in chapter number 12. We don't want any confusion here of what John is trying to tell us here and for us to understand. Who is this woman? This woman is the nation of Israel. I want you to see something that is described here when Joseph, remember Joseph back in the Old Testament? Joseph has these dreams and, and in his dream, verse number nine, the Bible says, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, behold, I've dreamed the dream more and behold the sun and the moon with the 11 stars uh, Joseph being the, the 12th star is now going to, to bow to him. And, and as we see this, we see the, the sun and the moon and these 12 stars there that are gathered all bowing to Joseph here. And this is a, a story the Jews would understand this. And as John is writing there in Revelation chapter number 12, the Jews would understand as he's speaking there, he's speaking of the nation of Israel. Go to Isaiah, if you would please. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54. Isaiah writes this of the nation Israel. We see this woman. She is with child here in chapter number 12, giving birth to this, to this child. And who is this? This is the nation of Israel. We're going to find what uh, Isaiah says of the nation of Israel. Isaiah 54 verses 5 and 6. The Bible says this, for thy uh, for thy maker is thine husband. That maker is the Lord, that's God. Thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall be he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaketh and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou hast refused, saith thy God. We find this, that Israel, God here says this, Israel is his wife and he is her husband here in Isaiah. This woman that we find in chapter number 12, we see in Genesis 37, the, the sun, the moon, the stars, the 12 stars that are bowing there to, uh, to Joseph. In Isaiah, we see that God calls Israel his wife or says he is her husband. Go with me to Romans chapter number nine. I want you to see what Paul says in Romans Chapter number nine. In Romans chapter nine, verse number four, Paul writes this, Romans nine, verse number four, who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law 
and the servants of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever, amen. I want you to see here what, what is Paul saying here in chapter number nine. What is he saying? Israel, Israel, the nation of Israel gave us the Messiah. Jesus was birthed. He is, a, he is a Jew. He was born of a Jew. Israel gave us the Messiah. So in Genesis chapter 37, verse 9, is, uh, the Jews would understand uh, what that would mean as the, 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 the sun, the, uh, the moon, the, the stars, the 12 stars. Uh, Isaiah says that uh, she is the wife of God. Romans chapter 9, Israel gave us the Messiah. Paul is showing us there. And so it is explaining to us what Revelation chapter 12 is, who this woman is. Israel is a God-ordained, God-blessed nation. Israel is a special nation. This woman that is appearing, this great woman that we find is, is the nation Israel. In Genesis chapter 12, verse number three, the Bible says this, God blesses them that blesses Israel. He said of Abraham, God will bless them that bless thee, and he curse them that curse thee. Most, the most greatest failure anyone could ever make is to curse Israel. The greatest, the greatest thing that anyone could ever do is to bless Israel. I believe that God has blessed our nation because we have blessed Israel. The nations that turn against Israel, they will see the wrath of God. It's evident, we see this, that promises that we see from the Old Testament are still promises today. There are some that would say this, that God has forsaken Israel. That is not true. Israel is still God's, the apple of God's eye. Israel is still a favored nation. Israel is still that special uh, favor from God. Israel is a special nation. Israel is the one that we find here in chapter number 12. Everything that we'll find is revolving around Israel. So first of all, I want you to see this, that in these first couple verses, this woman that we see, this woman is the nation of Israel, and she's giving birth to a child. Who is that child? That child is the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, in verse number three, I want you to see something here. The Bible tells us this. Not only is this woman Israel, we want to find out what the Bible says here. Who is this adversary to this woman? Verse number three, the Bible says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon the heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to be devour her child as soon as it was born. So I want you to see, first of all, Israel. Israel is a, a special favor from God it's, or has special favor from God. It's this woman here that is going to give birth to this child. He is speaking of the nation Israel. Also, I want you to see here that Israel has a satanic enemy. That satanic enemy is, is this red dragon, that is Satan himself. Who is this dragon? The Bible tell us, uh, uh, will tell us later in this chapter, in verse number nine, look with me if you would please. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. That tells us a little bit of what we are reading in chapter uh, 12, verses three and four there. We find that Satan himself is, is uh, uh, at odds with God. Satan wants to proclaim himself to be God. It's always been Satan's goal to exalt himself above God. There was a great war that took place in heaven where Satan tried to overthrow God, but God uh, cast Satan out of heaven and into the earth. And the Bible tells us this, that a, a third, that, that tail that swept a third of the stars, many believe this, that those third of the stars were a third of the angels that rebelled with Satan against God. And so when Satan was cast out of heaven, a third of the angels were cast out with him. And so we find this, this Satan, this red dragon, red speaks of his bloodlust, Satan is a murderer. Satan is a deceiver. Satan is accuser of the brother, and he is a liar. The Bible says this of his head, and this is all symbolic that he is speaking of here. His head has horns. His head has crowns. Uh, his seven heads speak of that perfection or fullness. 
Ten horns, that horn speak of power. And so as he's describing this serpent, he describes him in color because of a bloodlust. He's a murderer. He describes him of those seven heads, those ten horns, speaking of this, speaking of his earthly power that he has. Satan has power upon this earth. But I want you to mark this down, that Satan's power is limited because God is more powerful than Satan. God is more powerful And so we find a third of the angels that rebelled against Satan. All here in chapter number 12, as John is writing, he's showing us this war that takes place in heaven where Satan is cast out of heaven and the third of the angels with him. Now, in Matthew chapter 25, verse number 41, the Bible says this. You just mark that in your margin there of your Bible, and you can read this later. But the Bible speaks of this, that that, that, uh, prepared for the devil and his angels, God made hell for the devil and angels. Hell was created for Satan. Hell was not created for you and for me. Hell was created so that when Satan fell, God was going to cast Satan into hell. And, and the, final, the final judgment for hate, uh, Satan and the angels are going to be cast in a lake of fire for all of eternity. That was not God's purpose of creating hell, was not to send you and I there. What sends you and I to hell is not God desiring to do that. It is us forsaking God. It's us denying the power of the blood of Christ for us denying the gospel and forsaking what God has done for us. That is what sends a person to hell. Here we find this though, that a person that spends eternity in hell is going to spend eternity there with Satan and all of the fallen angels. Satan Satan has a a war with Israel. As we find in chapter number 12, there's a, a war that's taking place. Satan has even greater war, I want you to see, with Christ. Not only does he war against this woman, he also wars against her child. Look with me again what he says. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to, to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon, it was, as soon as it was born. What is Satan desiring to do? Remember what I have said to you so often, whatever God seeks to bless, Satan seeks to destroy. When, when, whatever God blesses, God blesses the church and Satan seeks to destroy it. God blesses, ordains marriage and Satan seeks to destroy it. God blesses the home and Satan seeks to destroy it. God blesses this nation Israel and what has Satan sought to do from the beginning of Israel? Sought to destroy it. Satan seeks to destroy. Satan sought to destroy Jesus. When Jesus was born, I want to remind you that Herod, remember when Jesus was born, Herod was going to kill, try to kill all the children two years old and under? Why? Because Satan seeks to destroy anything that God is at work doing. When the Messiah was born into this earth, Satan has been at odds. Satan has tried to destroy the Savior. All the way back in the the history of Israel, you would find even in Egypt, what do they do? Trying to destroy, trying to kill every male child. Why? Because Satan understands this. Through the seed of Abraham was going to come the Messiah. And so uh, Satan is at odds with Abraham's seed. He's at odds with that child, the Messiah, that's going to be born. And he has declared war, trying to stop anything that God is attempting to do. You see, God's desire is to send a Savior, Jesus Christ, to be the payment for all mankind. God seeks to redeem mankind. God seeks to reconcile us in our sin back to him. God's desire is to spend eternity with mankind. That's his desire. Sin separated us from God. But remember, God promised a Savior. He promised a Messiah. And through the line of Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless all nations. How is he going to bless? all nations through that line. The Messiah is going to come through that line and seed of Abraham. And so this is why Satan, this is why Satan is at war with Israel. This is why Satan is at war with Christ. Satan is anti-Christ and Satan is anti-Semitic. He hates Christ and he hates Israel. 
I've had people say this to me even recently as we've been studying through this and then all the, all the news that we find happening in Israel. People have said this to me. Why, why does it seem like the world is against Israel? Well, chapter number 12 will answer that question for you. Why, why, why does it just seem like, like no matter what Israel does, Israel is the enemy, it seems. We, we can have uh, thousands of bombs, thousands of missiles into Israel, and when Israel responds, Israel is wrong. We can see hundreds of, of hostages taken, but when Israel goes to take in those hostages, there's rioting around the world saying that Israel is wrong. You see that on the, the front page of every newspaper. You watch the news and you see all of this protest and rioting around the world opposing Israel. And you say, why is this even possible? Why would, why would uh, 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 Egypt, it seemed, all, all the way back in the Old Testament, why would it, uh, Egypt be so persecuting Israel? Why would they kill the children of Israel? Why would Hitler take some six million Jews and try to do away with the Jewish people? Why would this happen? And I want you to understand the reason why it happens is because Satan hates Israel. And all of that is demonic. All of that is Satan doing everything he can because Satan has declared war against Israel. Satan has persecuted the nation of Israel since God birthed this nation, Israel. We find Egypt, and you can read through the history of Israel, Nero and, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and in the times of Russia trying to persecute and kill the Jews, and Germany through Hitler, and all, even today, even today, there's many nations in this world that would do whatever they could to annihilate Israel. Someone sent me a map of the Middle East, a map from a Middle Eastern country, and there are countries in this world as they're making the maps. On ours, on ours, we wouldn't, we would see it. If you if you looked where Israel is, you would find on a map that we have in our classrooms and maps that are printed here in the US, we would find where Israel is there, right next to the Mediterranean Sea. You'd find Gaza and West Bank, and you'd find Jordan and Egypt and Saudi Arabia. You'd find all of those right there in, in the in the middle of all of those, you'd find this small little nation called Israel. There's countries in this world that you could go to. And if you were to purchase a map at many places in the Middle East, you would find a map and you would find the land there, but you know what you would not find? The nation of Israel there listed. They don't recognize Israel as a nation. They don't recognize Israel, that Israel has a place there. Why? Their goal is to have war with Israel, to annihilate Israel. There's many that even today that believe that Israel has no place. No place here in this world. No place to call their own. That Israel does not belong to uh, the nation of Israel. The land of Israel does not belong to the Jews. Who inspired all of this hate? Satan the red dragon. It's what we find in Revelation chapter number 12. John is describing for us the nation of Israel, this woman. Satan is at war. The red dragon is at war against the nation of Israel. And Satan is at war trying to devour that child that Israel is going to deliver. Who is that child? That child is Jesus Christ. And Satan has inspired all this hate. This me, Christian, I would encourage you to do this. I would encourage you that as you're looking at the events of this world, as you're making decisions, do not make decisions based upon what you see in the news. Make decisions upon what you read in God's word. You can be easily deceived. We don't look to the, to the world to cause us to understand what's happening in this world. We look to God's word to help us understand. And chapter number 12 helps us understand that there is a battle that has been taking place for centuries against this nation, Israel, because Satan hates this nation, Israel. Thirdly, I want you to see this. I want you to see this passage of scripture. Not only is the woman the nation of Israel, not only is this great dragon, the Satan at war against Israel, Israel and against the child, Jesus, the Savior. I want you to see in verse number six, I want you to see this fight that Israel has against the dragon. 
John is telling us and recording for us this fight, this war that's going to take place between Israel against this dragon. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God. They should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angel fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the, the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and, uh, and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having a great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. <laughs> Satan knows that his time is limited. Satan is like a, a trapped animal, a cornered wild beast. He understands that his time is limited. And so what does he do? He's not going to surrender. He's not going to submit to God. He even gets worse. The Bible says he even, he even is going to even greater. He's going to go after. He's going to war even greater because he knows that his time is at hand. We find here in this passage of Scripture, there's fights. There's wars. Michael the archangel, his job is to watch over Israel. He, he's a, uh, uh, an archangel, an angel that we find throughout the Bible. And when he's mentioned, he's, he's battling Satan. It was Michael the archangel that battled Satan over the, the body of Moses in the Old Testament. Here we find Michael, and the Bible is describing us this war that's taken place Against, have, uh, against Satan. There's a war. There's two battles that we find in this passage of Scripture. The first battle that we find is a battle that takes place in heaven. The second battle that we, take, uh, we find is a, a battle that takes place here upon the earth. Satan is involved in both of these battles. I want you to see here what Satan is called. Satan, the Bible, as he's describing who Satan is, and just in case we didn't figure out who that red dragon was in the beginning of this chapter, John makes it very clear in verse number nine. He calls this great dragon, was cast out, that old serpent, he was subtle. Who's that serpent, that old serpent? Where do we find that old serpent? All the way back when the serpent tempted Eve. John is bringing this story all together for us. This is the same one, the same serpent. This is the same enemy. This is Satan. This is the devil. That, that word devil is accuser. That word Satan means adversary. He's bringing it all together for us. And he says this, all the way back when Satan tempted Eve and man fell there in the garden, that old serpent, the subtle one, the one that was lying to Eve, trying to get her to, to question God and rebel against God, it's the same one that has been warring against what God has been doing since the beginning of time. He's the one that's accusing the brethren. I'm reminded of, of Job. Remember when God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And Job said this, oh, oh, but you, you, you are blessing him. If you stopped blessing him, I know that Job would curse you. What was he doing? He was accusing Job, saying Job only loves you. Job only cares for you because your blessing is upon him. But take his bl your blessing off and you'll see how quickly Job denies you. You'll see how quickly Job turns on you. You'll see how quickly Job wants nothing to do with you, God. He's accusing the brethren. Oh, Satan does the same thing to you and I. He's constantly accusing you. He's constantly accusing I, uh, myself. He's the accuser of the brethren, always making excuses, always there to cause doubt in our minds, always there to bring our accusations before God. But that same Satan, the devil, the serpent, he's our adversary. The Bible says he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan's desire is to destroy. 
anything that Satan puts in front of you, it doesn't matter how good it looks, it doesn't matter how appealing it may be, anything that Satan puts there, he's putting there as an adversary. He's putting there as an enemy. He's putting there to destroy you. He knows what to do. He knows how to get to you. He knows how to tempt you. He's been doing this since the beginning of time. His goal is to cause mankind to rebel against God so that mankind cannot spend eternity with God, but so that mankind is cast into utter darkness with him because Satan knows his fate, and that's what he wants for you as well. But God in his love and his mercy, God in his tenderness and his long-suffering He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And when you and I deserve hell, God said, I'm going to die. I'm going to take your place. I'm I'm going to be the payment for your sin debt. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we could be redeemed back to him. Satan is a liar. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He is watching so that he can accuse you before God. But, and this is where the story gets better. Satan is the prosecuting attorney there accusing us before God. He's taking what we have done before an almighty God accusing us. But we have an advocate, the Bible says, with the Father in his name is Jesus Christ. Aren't you so glad that as Satan is accusing us before God that there is one there that is there on our behalf? That's defending us. Oh, yes, yes, we've sinned. And oh, yes, we we have done injustices. Oh, yes, we have done awful things. But the Bible says this, that if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are whiter than snow. And as Satan is accusing you before God, we have an advocate, the Father, before the Father, Jesus Christ, that is saying this, yes, 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 they've done those things, but my blood has washed away their sin debts. We're not guilty because of Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus. You see, Satan tries to accuse you, but Jesus Christ is there on our behalf defending us because of his blood. We find here in this battle, this takes place in chapter number 12, that Satan is cast down to earth. And he's going to not only be cast down to earth, the Bible tells us this, that he is going to be cast into the lower, lowest of hell. And Satan knows that his time, his time is is limited. He knows it's only a matter of time and he's going to do everything he can to cause as much problems on this earth that he possibly can. Oh, listen to me, Christian. We must understand. We must see this through biblical eyes. There is an enemy in this world. His name is Satan. He wants to destroy anything and everything that God is blessing. We're under attack. If you want to know sometimes what is going on, Satan is what's going on. If you see the things of this world happening, you think, how could somebody be so gullible to believe that? I want you to understand, Satan is powerful, and Satan is putting his lie out there, and many are falling for this lie. There's at times, I'm sure, that you even sense this in your own home. What is going on? It's because you have an adversary, the devil, that's trying to destroy what God is trying to bless. Satan is cast out of heaven. He knows his time is limited. As he's cast out of heaven, the Bible tells us there's a war that takes place on earth. Look with me in verse number 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice. Right in the middle, right in the middle of chapter number 12, when we find this war that's taking place where Satan is trying to annihilate Israel, he's trying to annihilate the, the child that's going to be born out of Israel, who we know is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. As all of this is taking place, the Bible says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. But he says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Into the seal for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. 
Verse number 11, the Bible says this, that war that takes place, they've overcome him by the blood of the lamb. Please mark that down. There's victory in Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us and conquers Satan. The blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb and a word of their testimony. I, I want to just take a moment and think about this word of their testimony. We, we understand the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb is the blood that was shed upon Calvary. The blood that Jesus Christ shed, there's power. We sing about there's power. There's wonder-working power in the blood of the lamb. There's power in the blood. Every sin that you've ever committed, oh, listen to me today, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad it is, whatever it may be. There is, it is not something so great that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cleanse you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what is in your family. The power, the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Make you as white as snow. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. But he also says this, not only through the blood of the lamb, a word of their testimony. What is that word of their testimony? I want to encourage you here today. Because there's times all of us can believe what Satan is accusing us of. You ever been there? Satan just keeps accusing you. Accusing you getting into your mind and causing you to think that, well, maybe it's true. Isn't it so ironic? We know the truth, but sometimes we can start believing. A word of our testimony, this is how they defeated this. They were, overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What is their testimony? They testify who Jesus is. Remind Satan of Calvary. Remind Satan that he is lost. Remind Satan that Jesus Christ has paid my sin debt. Remind Satan that Jesus Christ stands on my behalf before the Father making intercession for me. Remind Satan of your testimony. You are a child of God. Remind him of that. Remind him that he has no victory in you. Remind him. Testify that who Jesus is. Testify who you are. Remember this, oh, Christian, please remember, you are redeemed. You are accepted by God. You are empowered by his spirit. You, you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Oh, Satan may cause you to think that you're something less. You may be lonely today. You may feel like you're not a part of something today. But oh, my friend, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are a child of the king. You belong to Jesus. Oh, I know what Satan does. He reminds you that you have no strength. And you know what? You don't have strength. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Oh, you might not have power, but you have power through the Spirit of God. You might not have victory over your own self. But oh, there's victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. You are redeemed. You are accepted. You are a child of God. Remind him of that. Remind him. Testify who Satan is. Testify who Jesus is. Testify who you are. And some today need to testify who Satan is. Some of you need to realize this. He is a liar. He is a thief. He has no power. He has no authority. He can only do what God allows. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Remind him every so often, you are a liar, Satan, and untrue. You see, Satan realizes this. His time is limited. And they came, this war that took place, they overcame him by the power of the blood and by the testimony, by their testimony. Look what he says here as well in this same verse, verse number 11. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Love, them not, love not their lives unto the death. You know what that means here is they stayed faithful even in the risk of death. They stayed faithful. You and I need to be faithful. 
What do I gather from this passage of scripture? There's a war that is taking place. There's a war that is raging. Satan is doing everything he can in this world to destroy Israel. He is doing everything he can and has done everything he could to cause that, that Messiah not to come. He has done everything he can thinking that if he could stop Israel, if he could stop the Messiah, then he can stop what God is doing. But Satan doesn't understand that his power is limited, that God's power is unlimited. Stay faithful, friend. Stay faithful. I want you to see here as we come to verse number 13, the Bible says this, and when the dragon saw that he cast, that he was cast into the earth, he, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of the great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place, where she is nourished for a time and time and a half, time and a half from the face of the serpent. Verse number 14 tells us that time, time and time and a half is three and a half years. This is going to be a dark time for Israel. Now, I want you to understand this. As Jesus is speaking in Matthew chapter 24, I, I think my daughter this past week asked me, she said, Dad, what does this mean? And she was asking me some questions when Jesus was speaking in Matthew 24. He was speaking of this time. And this is where you've got to be careful of the confusion here. The church is raptured into heaven. We find that already. We've already studied that in chapter number four. John is telling us now through the chapters, since that time, the chapters that we're studying, we're finding this, that, that John is telling us and describing us what is happening. The church is in heaven. You and I, the bride of Christ. But God is not done with Israel. He's still working with Israel. He still wants to bring Israel to him. He still wants to show Israel that he loves him. God is still working with Israel. We are in heaven and all the events that are taking place during the, 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 the uh, tribulation of the, of the world, we find the first three and a half years, it, it, is, it seems like the, the judgment is coming out, but the Antichrist comes and, he, and, he, and he, we just saw that he destroys and kills those, those two witnesses and he is exalted and he sits in the temple and proclaims himself to be God. And Israel trusts him. Israel says, this is God. This is what we've been waiting for. Only for the Antichrist to turn on them. And that's when Jesus in Matthew chapter number 24 is speaking to the Jews. Go with me to Matthew 24, if you would, please. Understanding who he is speaking to. He is speaking to the Jews here that are, on a, uh, that are here upon the earth. He says this, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel... Stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judah flee into the mountains. What is he saying? Those that are in Israel. The Jews that are there that see this take place. When the Jews that are there in Jerusalem, the Jews that are there in Israel, see that this Antichrist comes and sits into the temple and proclaims himself to be God, then you need to flee. Trouble is going to come. Let him that which is of the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the, uh, the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. What is he saying? There is going to become a dark time for Israel. Right in the middle of the tribulation, that first three and a half years, Satan is going to empower the Antichrist. And the Antichrist is going to rise. He's going to sit in that temple, that three and a half year mark. He's going to sit in that temple. And when he sits there, he's going to proclaim himself to be God. He's going to tell the Jews, the Messiah that you are looking for, the Messiah that you have longed for, he is here. I am he. I am God. And the Israelites are going to fall for that lie. And then what's going to happen 
death and he's going to turn on them. And when he does this, the Bible says Israel is going to flee. Israel is then going to realize that they have been lied to. They will refuse to serve this antichrist, this false god. And Satan will be filled with great wrath. And Jesus says in Matthew 24, when you see that happen, woe to them. Because you're going to see destruction like you've never seen it before. Satan is going to send out a flood of persecution. Look again back with me, if you would, please, in verse number 13 and 14. And to the woman were given two wings as a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and a half from the face of the serpent. There's going to be something that takes place here right in the middle of this, right in the middle of this uh, a great tribulation, that three and a half year mark that Antichrist is going to take, take his place and he's going to proclaim himself to be God. And when he does, he's going to turn on Israel. And the Bible says, though, hear me now, Israel is going to be saved. The wrath of this Antichrist is going to be poured out against Israel, but God is going to allow Israel. He says this, there's going to be wings like an eagle that is going to cause her to, to, to go into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time from the face of that serpent. Even in the middle of Satan's greatest wrath that he's going to pour out against Israel, God is still protecting Israel. Listen to me. Nations of the world that are betting against Israel, you've lost. Nations that believe that Israel is doomed and that they're going to wipe Israel off the face of this earth, you have already lost. You are fighting against the God of the, 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 the heavens. You are fighting against the creator of this universe. Satan, in his greatest wrath, Satan, when he is just a loosed wild animal, knowing that his time is limited, that he only has a short time left, and he's doing everything he can to destroy Israel, he still can't touch Israel. Why? Because Israel has God's favor upon them. People say this, why would we stand with Israel? And the answer is simply this, we stand with Israel because God stands with Israel. We stand with Israel because Israel has favor with God. And Satan, even to the last minute, is doing everything he can to destroy this nation Israel, and God is still in his long-suffering and in his mercy and in his grace wanting to redeem Israel back to him. Oh, it shows you the great love of God. Remember I said as we look at this Revelation series, we're looking at the revealing of Jesus Christ in chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. We're learning something about God. Israel is running from God and God is still wanting to redeem them. Israel is, is, is at one point believing the lie of the Antichrist and God is still looking to save them. Satan is going to send a, a flood of persecution, the Bible says here in chapter number 12, and God is going to, to cause that, that flood of persecution to, to, to not touch Israel. Why? Because God loves Israel. In church, so should we. I believe every Bible-believing Christian ought to have a love for Israel. I believe every Bible-believing Christian ought to have a care for Israel. I learned in chapter number 12 as these great wars take place and think about a third of the angels that are lost and uh, that, that uh, are, are, are taken from heaven and cast down to the earth that are rebelling against God. It seems almost dreadful. It seems almost overwhelming, a third of all the angels. But I want to remember something this, there's still two thirds of the angels there. We still outnumber them two to one. God's not dead. God's not defeated. Even in the midst of it, what it seems like Satan in his fury, God is still in control, no matter how hard it gets. 
And if this is the God that we find in chapter number 12, this is our heavenly father. You know what that means to me? No matter how hard it gets, God is still in control. No matter how doomed it may seem, God is still in control. No matter how how bad this world seems to get, God is still in control. No matter how bad the news media tells you this world is getting, no matter how many protests you see around this world, no matter how bad it seems like the economy is going to get, no matter how much persecution it seems like is coming against the church, no matter what issues pass and no matter what problems we face, I want you to understand what chapter 12 is trying to tell us that God is in control. And at the end, God always wins. Hear me today, please. Write this down. I want you to see with me in verse number 17. The Bible says this, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which kept the commandments of God and had the testimony of Jesus Christ. They kept the the commandments of God and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Would you mark this down someplace in your heart? God has a plan. God has not forsaken Israel. And God has a plan and God has not forsaken you. God is in control. And no matter how bad it seems, no matter what Satan is doing in this world, God's plan will always come to pass. You know what I learned? Trust him. Trust him. As Satan is warring in heaven, you know what I can do? Trust God. As Satan is warring on this earth, you know what I can do? Trust God. As there are problems and issues and things in your life in the world that we live in, you know what we can do? We can trust God. Trust Him in all things. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.